Greetings and welcome inside the Yellow Studio. My name is Randy Cantrell. I'm your host here. The website is leaningtowardwisdom.com. And you know why? Because you're listening to Leaning Toward Wisdom, the podcast. Modern Tales of an Ancient Pursuit. Today is the end of Q1. Yeah, that's business lingo for first quarter. Thursday, March the 31st, 2022. We're putting a bow on Q1. Has Q1 been great for you? That hasn't been great for me either. Hey, so welcome to the party. Tomorrow is April Fool's Day, so we got that to look forward to. I probably should have just waited until tomorrow, done a live show. I mean, April Fool's Day, when your podcast is leaning toward wisdom, further away from our foolishness. Yeah, I probably blew a really big opportunity, but this is what I do. Yeah, I blow opportunities. I enjoy it. We'll talk about it. I don't blow opportunities, uh, but I do, I do seize what I think are opportunities only to find out after considerable work and time and effort and hope that, okay. uh, Looked like one thought it was one. It could be, it could be argued that I do a whole lot of snipe hunting when it comes to, um, opportunities i i do i freely admit it it's now that that sounds as though i'm a guy who's out here you know kind of chasing fool's gold so to put a finer point on it that that's not it that's not it at all i'm so curious and i enjoy finding out about things and looking at things and considering things. And I don't say no to probably as many things as I should. I'm, uh, it's not that I can't, it's just, I don't, um, well, let's rewind, shall we? Cause there's a point here. There always is. And one of the points is this preoccupation that we, we all tend to have in how fretful we get about how other people perceive us. Now, on one hand, I can tell you with all the confidence in the world and being very truthful and sincere about it, I'm not all that wrapped up about that kind of stuff, except there is an area where not only am I wrapped up about it, I'm crippled by it. And that is imposing on others. I, I really envy people who without fear or trepidation have no problem, uh, being an imposition. I, I know I'm not talking about necessarily just some gross imposition, but people that they, they don't mind imposing on somebody. They don't mind imposing on their schedule. They don't mind imposing on their life. They, they don't mind imposing 
uh, to ask them to do something for them, to ask them for a favor. It's, I, I'm absolutely crippled is not an exaggeration. I'm crippled in that I can do it, but I hate it. I hate it so much that I just don't do it. And yeah, I can hear you. It's, it's not about asking for the sale. So if you put it in a sales context, see, I don't mind asking people for, for a sale because I'm not going to be selling anything. And and I'm using sale in a really broad general term. I'm not just talking about as a salesman, but I'm talking about trying to persuade somebody trying to help somebody understand, you know, why yes might be in their best interest because I'm going to come at it from the perspective. I'm really going to believe that I'm really going to believe that this is, this is a a high value proposition for you. Otherwise I'm not going to make the proposition. Now it doesn't mean I'm right. And the other person is always at Liberty as we all are to make their own choice and decide no. And I'm not, I'm not put off by that. I'm not offended by that. Um, sometimes can I be disappointed? Well, of course, but uh, I respect it and I don't judge it. So it's not that it's, I tell you, it, it can be little things. It can be, I need to drop a car off and I need to have service done and I can sit there and I can just wait on it. Or I could lean on somebody. Hey, could you give me, could you pick me up and take me back home while I'm getting my car done? Uh, I'm the guy who's probably, who might make that request once might mention it. And if the other person doesn't pick up on it, just leave it alone. Let it go. Right. So if they say, yeah, we, we can get to it. Uh, it'll be a couple hours. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to take work with me and I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to go and just sit. There have been times where I have done it. It's been a long walking distance, but I've gone and dropped car off and I've walked back home. I told you it's crippling and, and I, I can hear you. You're thinking, well, that's stupid. And at the same time, here's the other, here's the, here's the flip side of, of it because I can be imposed on fairly easily. (laughs) It's just, did I tell you that this was true confession day? Yeah. Yeah. Feel free to call in (laughs) 1-800-NINI. Oh man. Is it Friday yet? No, but it will be tomorrow. Lord willing. So we got that looking, we got that to look forward to. Do you do anything on April fool's day? You pull any shenanigans, you know, there's so many companies have gotten. So I don't know. It, it's gotten so formalized because ad agencies up in New York, big brands and stuff, they do all kinds of trickery on April fools. It was funny a decade ago. It, it's, it, it's so pervasive now. It's not even that unique. And now you just, you look at every news story. I mean, tomorrow, look at every news story and I can promise you it well, if you, if you're smart and you are, cause you're listening to me, come on, you're brilliant. You absolutely are going to be looking at it like, well, that ain't, that ain't right. That's not true. See, if I were a big brand, I would, I would do just the opposite. 
I would do something that, that I know people are going to disbelieve and then make it true and make it just completely remarkable. I mean, that it could be, it's so remarkable that it can't possibly be true only to have people find out April fools. It's true. (laughs) It's not fake. That would be unique. Probably won't see that. If you do see that, drop me an email. Just go to leaningtowardwisdom.com. Fill out that contact form. I'd be curious if you see something like that happen on April Fool's Day. I don't think you will. But you never know. There's some bright people in advertising. Are they as bright as we are? Probably not. All right, so we're talking about imposing on people. We're talking about, well, that's not really what we're talking about. What we're really talking about is how wrapped around the axle do you get about how people perceive you? That really is the point. I don't accept in the sense that I really don't want to impose on somebody. And I can tell you, I can tell you the, I can't tell you the genesis of it, but I can tell you the root of it. I can tell you the whole foundation for it. I don't want to be beholden to anybody. I've gone on record for many years and said, I would rather you owe me than me owe you. I, it's just how I roll. Now I know people that are just the opposite. They don't mind. They don't mind owing all kinds of people. And I know other people who ask and ask and ask and ask and ask and other people, and they, they don't keep score in their mind. These people just did this for them and, and they're, you know, it's just how it goes. So they're not keeping score in their, in their mind. It's not, well, you did this for me. So now I'll reciprocate. Now listen, I've, I've studied this a long time. Reciprocity. That is, I do this for you. And without asking, you get some sense, you feel some sense of reciprocating that back to me. I know people that don't have any sense of reciprocity. They, they don't, no matter what they ask, no matter what impositions they make, they don't, they don't feel beholden. They don't feel like they need to reciprocate anything. It's just this person did that for me and good on them and good for me. How great would that be? <laughs> I am, man. I'm in, I'm envious to a degree. Here's, here's what I know to be true though. I wouldn't be who I am if I was wired like that. And the kind of work that I love doing, helping people, uh, and the empathy that's required and the curiosity that's required. And you got people in your life that, that call you on the phone and you pick up the phone and you say, hello. And 30 minutes later, you say goodbye, and that's all you said? (laughs) Yeah, me too. Do you ever have a phone conversation with somebody and hang up and think, I did too much of the talking? Yeah, me too. Doesn't happen very often, but occasionally. Occasionally, I will say to myself after I hang up or after I leave a conversation, I talk too much. In that particular encounter, I talked too much. Do you think those people that call us and we say hello and then 30 minutes later we say goodbye and that's all we say, do you think those people hang up the phone and ever have a passing thought that they might have talked too much? They might have they might have been better served if they would have asked us any kind of question at all? Yeah, no, me neither. 
See, that's what I mean. There are these people out there that that's what, this is who they are, right? I mean, they're, it's just, it's always about them. It's always their perspective. It's always, you know, they're, they're, they're not curious at all about anything going on with you because they've got too much to share, right? I mean, it's just, they're just bursting with Intel and information that they just must share with you. It is, it is not crossing their mind that you might, that you might, you just possibly could have some information or some stories or something that could be of interest to them. It, they don't think about that. <laughs> I'm fascinated by it. I just, the way we're, the way we are all so differently wired and especially I'm, I'm especially fascinated at people that are just so such a contrast to the way I roll and it's just funny. It's just, it's funny to me. And I would love to tell you that I don't ever envy them, but I do, I do. I mean, whatever it takes to call somebody up out of the blue, you have no idea what they're into. You know, it's like my, the very first thing I say when I, if I initiate the phone call, have I caught you at a good time? <laughs> That's just, I don't know. I just second nature. When's the last time somebody called you and asked you that? Yeah. Me neither. Never. I mean, nobody, they just don't do it. They just, they just assume that you're just sitting here with your phone in your hand, waiting for them to call. I just, I just don't have that view of myself. It's just, it's really funny. It really is funny until it's annoying. And it's, it's considerably annoying by the way, quite often, but. Oh, good. Glad I caught you. You know, I'll get that. Do you get that? And then they just keep on, keep on going. And then they can be in mid sentence, you know, they're on about their 14th story and yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I got to go. <laughs> okay. See you later. <laughs> I've talked about it before. I get, I get really tickled at the person that calls and within 10 seconds, uh, yeah, hang, hang on a second. Oh, okay. I'm gonna have to call you back <laughs> three days later. You're still sitting there with your phone in your hand, waiting on them to call you back. <laughs> and they called you. I love it. I love it. I don't know. It's just these, these quirks of humanity. I get tickled. I get tickled by it, but I, I do envy some of that. I do envy that a person can ask somebody uh, to help them out. Listen, I know people that the ask is where, where I might ask, Hey, can you drive like four blocks, maybe a mile from your house, meet me at the tire shop and I need to drop my car off. And, you know, and we're talking about an imposition that's okay. 10 minutes maybe, but I know people that will ask, um, Hey, you know, I, I need to. I need to overhaul the engine on my truck. Uh, can you come over and help me do that? <laughs> I mean, 
that engine would not get overhauled if I owned it. I mean, I just tell you straight up. I mean, there's just no way. I'm, I mean, come on. I, I, I have trouble asking people to give me a lift. <laughs> I'd make a horrible hitchhiker. Cause then I'd be like, you know, well, I don't have a car. I can't, how can I reciprocate? You know, I'd be digging in my wallet to try to pay him something. It's just, I don't know. Again, I, 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 I would need years and years of psychoanalysis for somebody to probably figure that out. But, but I'm fascinated by people that aren't cursed with what I've got. I really am. Now, some people I do think are way overboard with it. I mean, they just don't mind imposing on anybody at any time, all the time. That's, I wouldn't want to be like that, but I wish, I do wish that I, I I do envy, I don't know. I envy a little bit, a little bit of, of that, of that ability. Do you care that people judge you based on the car that you drive? Does that ever cross your mind? You ever think, ah, you know, I don't want people seeing me in this. (laughs) Well, you know, there are people that do, there are people that, I mean, they're very fixated on the car that they drive. Yeah. Me neither. I mean, my attitude is really basic and fundamental. I mean, until you're paying for it, I don't care what you think about it. You start paying the bills. I'll, you judge it all you want because you're the one buying it. But until that happens, which is never, then okay. So I'm driving an, an old Honda or an old Mazda or whatever it is I might be driving at the time. And I'm sorry if that doesn't fit your view of what somebody ought to drive, but you know, people do. It's absolutely true that people do though. Do you judge people? Do you judge their net worth based on what they drive or the house they live in? And do you think, well, they must be poor as Job's Turkey. I mean, look at them. I mean, they're driving a 10 year old Honda civic. I mean, what kind of, how well off could they be? (laughs) And speaking of that, does it matter? Does it matter how well off they are? So what? (laughs) I need to copyright it because I say it so stinking much and that affects you. How? So they're making a million dollars a month. They're making a thousand dollars a month and that affects you. How? Well, it doesn't exactly. So what are you worried about? (laughs) I have a look at the car they're driving. Oh, those poor people look at where they live. You know, meanwhile, we're very impressed with somebody who's driving, you know, this hundred, I saw an ad for a Jeep Wagoneer. $111,000. You kidding me? Hello? I mean, I I didn't know you could spend that kind of money on a Jeep Wagoneer. Shows you what I know. $111,000. And I'm like, yeah, well, if I had $111,000, would that would, and I, when I was going to spend it all on a vehicle, is that what you'd buy? No, me neither, <laughs> but I'm guessing somebody is, I'm guessing somebody is. And I understand that you can spend a whole lot more than that. I just, I, how much money would you have to have? How much money would you have to make to spend a hundred grand on a vehicle? Would you spend a hundred grand on a vehicle? That's a question. I would, 
I'm pretty certain that I would. How much money would I have to have? I don't, that I don't know. I haven't, I haven't done the calculation on it because I'm not all that fixated on a hundred thousand dollar vehicle. Now there are vehicles that get my attention, but not enough to, I mean, an Aston Martin, I mean, come on. Uh, could I spend a quarter of a million bucks on an Aston Martin? If I was filthy, stinking rich and money was absolutely no object, I could, but okay, let's come down to earth. Would I? No, no. An Acura NSX, bad to the bone. The new Corvette, equally bad to the bone. How much money would you have to make to buy a vehicle like that? Or, or do you even care? See, there's something to me. I remember reading years ago, James Taylor, back in his more youthful days, he bought a, he bought an old yellow cab, an old checker cab. I can't remember the company. I mean, these things were just tanks, man. I mean, they were just, and he said, the great thing about having this thing and driving it, he said, you know, you park it anywhere. Cause he didn't care about a door ding or anything. <laughs> There's something to that. There's absolutely something to that. I was talking to a, a high level leader one time who was going to retire and right. And you've got a. You got all the trappings of position and all that, and you got expectation of your whatever, you know, your peers and your people. And, and he said, you know, if I just want to drive an old beater car, cause I, my question was when retirement, what's what, I mean, what are some of the things you're really looking forward to? And that was one of the first things he mentioned, you know, one of the things I'm looking forward to is I can just, if I want to drive just a piece of, you know, what VW beetle, I can. And nobody's going to judge me for it. I thought, you know, that's, there's something to that. Right. I think I just would like a car that doesn't need a lot of work all the time. Yeah. I'm not there. I'm not there. You know, we've, we've got old vehicles, but now you can get a car. Now 84 month payments, 84 months of payments. Are you kidding me? I mean, it's unbelievable to me. We used to think a four year, if you got a, if you took out a four year loan on a car, well, you're an idiot. I mean, come on 24, 36 months max. You're going to go to 48. Are you kidding me? And now we're up to seven years. Well, Hey, no wonder it's like a mortgage, man. It's $111,000 Jeep. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know but we spend an awful lot of money to impress one another. I'll need to realize that even at the end of the day, I mean, how, how, how impressed are you? So you got a buddy and they buy that $111,000 Jeep. Are you impressed? Okay. How long are you impressed? How long before, how long before you being impressed turns to what an idiot. There's no way I'd spend that kind of money on that. Right. That's, this is what we do. Immediately, it's like, man, man, what kind of money must he be making? And it very quickly shifts to what kind of an idiot is he? Man, spending $111,000 on a Jeep? Who does that? <laughs> oh, we can turn on each other really quickly, really, really quickly. And yet we are still fixated. Oh, I can't, you know, can't drive, can't drive this. Or I better, I better, you know, I at least need to go to the car wash and, you know, wash the last year's worth of grime off of the thing. So people can at least see what color the paint is that might help. 
might help me put my best foot forward. So a new leader comes on board and the book is according to the people that work, the first two things that this person does is raise the dress code. Now it's 2022 people. If you haven't noticed in the last decade, society has gotten incredibly casual. (laughs) Okay. This dude, he enjoys French cuffs, not a tie. I don't get this. I mean, if you're going to wear French cuffs, wear a tie and a coat. No French cuffs. And pretty much, you know, wants all the guys to wear sports coats. And I mean, and this is a culture that historically has been, you know, jeans and a polo shirt, jeans and a, and a golf shirt, which is completely appropriate by the way, but no, not this cat. He wants to up the dress code. Second thing, all the personal effects and stuff around your desk, gone, gone. Don't want to see any of that stuff. And of course, being the snark that I am, you know, I jokingly said, well, you know why he did that? No, why? Well, so that he can fire you and then you don't have to carry much out with you. (laughs) There's probably more truth to that than they realize, unfortunately, but it's like, okay. And why are we doing this? Who and what are we trying to impress here? Do French cuffs make the man, do you think? You impressed by a man that wears French cuffs? Yeah, me neither. Are you impressed by a man who wears a a really high-dollar watch or or jewelry? I mean, the athletes that have these gold chains, is that that impressive to you? I mean, how can it be now because they all do it? I mean, it'd be different. You know, when Dion was doing it, not not everybody was doing it, but now everybody does it. And so, I mean, how impressive? How big would that chain have to be or whatever the medallion is on that chain? How big would that have to be for you to be impressed? And if you didn't go with a chain, what would you go with? Would you go with something else to, I mean, if you're going to zig when everybody else is zagging, what, what would a zig look like? I don't even know what it would look like a crown. Okay. Well, if you're wearing a helmet or a baseball cap, you can't do that. Couldn't run up and down the basketball court with a crown on your head. They do call him King James. So I guess he could, that'd be a, that'd be a look, wouldn't it? (laughs) That'd be a real look, a solid gold crown, LeBron James running up and down the court, you know, dunking a ball with a crown on his head. You think people would be impressed? Well, I would be, but others might not. We spend a lot of money. We spend a lot of money and a lot of time to impress people that we don't even know. And people whose opinions we don't even care about. I've, I, I have had thoughts. I, they're not lingering for me, thankfully, because like I said, until somebody else is paying the bills, I don't, not much I can do about it. You know, I'm not going to go in debt on a car just because I got a meeting with somebody and they're liable to see what I'm driving. And I told you, I think last week I've, I've been really, I'm really taken with these little Honda mini motor cycles particularly with the Honda Grom, the Honda, um, what's the other one called? The monkey. Uh, the monkey's the one that really, I like the monkey. The monkey is the one that kind of captivates me. And then whatever the, the other one, that's the most sold vehicle on the planet. It's the super, hey, well, here, I should have done this last week. I, I guessed at the name of it. I don't remember what the name of it was. It was the, 
the hunt. I, I kept wanting to call it a scout, but I don't think that's right. I think it's a super cub. Yeah. It's the, it's the 2022 super cub C one twenty five because it's a one twenty five. It's a, actually it's a, it's 124 CC engine. Most sold vehicle on the planet miles per gallon. 188.4. <laughs> yeah, we need the point four in there. Now, I got news for you. With a guy like me on it, it ain't going to get 188 miles to the gallon. But, hey, okay. Let's say that we get 150. Plenty good. Plenty good. Uh, the problem is it's got bigger tires, bigger wheels. You sit more upright on it. Just doesn't doesn't look nearly as cool as the monkey does i bring this up because i have this vision of somebody who's impressed by a really fancy ride which i'm not going to impress them anyway because i don't drive fancy rides never have but how cool would it be to pull up to like a lunch date and you've you're on a honda monkey <laughs> and it says right there on the side honda the honda emblem and then it says monkey <laughs> there's something about me that would just love to do that especially i i would love to book a lunch with the most pretentious person i know and i know plenty of them book a lunch we'll go dutch of course because i'm not going to have i'm not going to be brave enough to ask you to pay buy my lunch uh, and i'm going to be too broke to buy yours so and i show up on a honda monkey and I park right next to their, you know, seven series BMW or something. That'd even be sweeter. I purposefully kind of wait. I, I'm I'm lurking in the shadows and I wait until they pull up to the to the restaurant. And then I come wheeling in, you know, helmet on, goggles on, looking like Barney Five with that motorcycle that he went and got at the army surplus, right? Big gloves on, scarf peel off of it and just beaming beaming as though I pulled up in a Lamborghini that would even be better and I could do that I'm a good enough actor I could pull that off and then you just watch them just look around you know they would they would immediately look around to see does anybody see me with this guy and then I go into the restaurant with my helmet I don't I don't lock my helmet up at the bike I mean come on the bike is 200 and some odd pounds somebody could just come by in a pickup truck and pick the bike up and take it you know so that's the other thing is how do you prevent these things from being stolen I mean unless it's right there in sight but you know you go walking into the restaurant you know here got my you know got gloves and got the helmet under my arm and you know this person would be thinking I am never going to lunch with him again. See, that's a benefit to me. That'd be a great benefit. Cause I don't, there's, there's only a few people I really enjoy going to lunch with. And the ones that I enjoy going to lunch with, I go to lunch with, with some regularity, the others. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm, uh, yeah, let's you call me later <laughs> when I would love to say, uh, no, well, why? Cause I don't want to, cause I don't want to, cause I don't want to spend any more time with you than I have to. That's the truth of it right there. Wouldn't you love to be able to live your life for, I don't know, a day would be good. 
if you could live your one whole day and all you did, I don't mean that you, you don't live your life telling the truth, but I mean, if you, if you could be really bold, if you didn't have to bite your tongue, let's put it that way. So we're not talking about lying because you should never lie, but we withhold, right? We don't No, I'm sorry. You know, I'm busy as opposed to if you just were blunt enough and said, no, I, I don't want to go eat lunch with you because I just don't like you very much. And I really don't want to spend any more time with you than I have to. I'd love to spend a whole day doing that. I mean, think of how freeing that would be, wouldn't it? That would be cathartic. I mean, if we could do that all day today, think about how great tomorrow, April Fool's Day would be. It would be magnificent, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think so. Well, I don't know. These and so many other thoughts cross my mind. This is the podcast you're listening to, and aren't you glad? <laughs> I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad you, I'm, and I'm glad Q1's over and I'm sure hoping that Q2 is better. I am. I absolutely am. Q1's been terrible. It's been even worse if you're in a war-torn country like Ukraine. I mean, it has not been a good year. It is shaping up to not be a good year. What are we going to do about it? I don't know. I mean, we've had other bad years. Those of us that are long in the tooth, like I, like I am, I, we, we've had a number of years that have not been great years. Is this one the worst year ever? Well, eh, tap the brakes on that. I've had some pretty bad years. I, I'm not going to tell you that this is the worst year ever. It's not great. Uh, but here we are. We're still standing. We're still pressing forward, trying to make some things happen, trying to get better leaning toward wisdom, trying to lean further and further away from our own foolishness. So there's that. And we both know you and me both know that that is the path forward. The path forward is not to embrace our foolishness. I understand that it has made certain people wealthy who have produced movies that go with the moniker jackass. I understand that I get it, but that's not us. That is not us. And that's not a good way to go. There's got to be a better way for, to, to fame and fortune. If that's what you want. And I would argue, okay, well, the path to fame and fortune, that probably isn't the path toward wisdom anyway, but it could be, what do I know? Cause I'm not pursuing, I'm pursuing neither fame nor fortune, which is a good thing because I've not a child, uh, not a child. I have not achieved either of those things. So. There's that. So I'm a raging success. I, I am fulfilling my purpose and my dreams and my ambitions. They are all of my wildest dreams are absolutely coming true. And I hope yours are too. Yeah, there you go. I don't know that that's the best way to put a bow on March, but it doesn't matter because we just did it. The website is leaningtowardwisdom.com. There's a Facebook group. You want in? Got one. I think there's only one question. There might be more, but 
I think I told you last week. I get inundated with people that want want in, and you know, some of the I, I who knows. I don't know who these people are. They don't even answer the first question, or they get the first question wrong. And the first question is ridiculously easy. And anybody who's listened to a single episode of this podcast would know the answer to the very first question that is required for me to let you in. So, Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas, that's where I'm at. March 31, 2022. Be on the lookout for those ads tomorrow and let me know if you see one that where somebody does something different. My name is Randy Cantrell. I'm glad that you clicked play. I hope you're glad too. Greetings and welcome inside the L Studio.